Chapter Seventeen of the Maid of Scar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Maid of Sky by R. D. Blackmore. Chapter Seventeen. For a little change of air. On the very next day I received such a visit as never had come to my house before, for while I was trimming my hooks and wondering how to get out of all this trouble with my conscience sound and my pocket improved, suddenly I heard a voice not to be found anywhere. I answered to Yachtelayatkin, put me down there, Kali, I answered to see old Davy and old davy wants to see you you beauty i cried as she jumped like a little wild kid and took all my house with a glance and then me doesn't know i yikes this house and i yikes a uh, and i yikes yatkin and nickel bunny and everybody she pointed all round for everybody with all ten fingers spread every way then watkin came after her like her slave with a foolish grin on his countenance in spite of the undertaking business if you please sir mr llewellyn he said we was forced to bring her over she have been crying so dreadful and shivering about the black pit-hole so and when the black things came into the house she was going clean out of her little mind ever so many times almost no use it was at all to tell her ever so much a yard they was i don't yike back and i ont have back yite i yikes and boo i yikes and my dear papa be so very angry when i tells him all about it she went on like that and she did so cry mother said she must change the air a bit all the time he was telling me this she watched him with her head on one side and her lips kept ready in the most comic manner as much as to say now you tell any stories at my expense and you may look out but watkin was truth itself and she nodded and said ness at the end of his speech and if you please sir mr llewellyn whatever is a belong sir all the way she have been asking for belung 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 and i cannot tell for the life of me whatever is belung boy never ask what is unbecoming i replied in a manner which made him blush according to my intention for the word might be english for all i knew and have something of high life in it however i found by and by that it meant what she was able to call amabella when promoted a year in the dictionary but now anybody should only have seen her who wanted a little rousing up my cottage of course is not much to boast of compared with castles and so on nevertheless there is something about it pleasant and good like its owner you might see ever so many houses and think them larger and grander and so on with more opportunity for sitting down and less for knocking your head perhaps and after all you would come back to mine not for the sake of the meat in the cupboard because i seldom had any and far inferior men had more but because well it does not matter i never could make you understand unless you came to see it only i felt that i had found a wonderful creature to make me out and enter almost into my own views of which the world is not capable 
every time i took this child up and down the staircase she would have jumps and she made me talk in a manner that quite surprised myself and such a fine feeling grew up between us that it was a happy thing for the whole of us not to have bunny in the way just then mother jones was giving her apple party as she always did when the red streaks came upon her early margarets but i always think the white june eating is a far superior apple and i have a tree of it my little garden is nothing grand any more than the rest of my premises or even myself if it comes to that still you might go for a long day's walk and find very few indeed to beat it unless you were contradictory for ten doors at least both west and east this was admitted silently as was proved by their sending to me for a cabbage an artichoke or an onion or anything choice for a sunday dinner it may suit these very people now to shake their heads and to run me down but they should not forget what i did for them when it comes to pronouncing fair judgment poor bardie appeared as full of bright spirit and as brave as ever and when she tumbled from jumping two steps what did she do but climb back and jump three which even bunny was afraid to do but i soon perceived that this was only a sort of a flash in the pan as it were the happy change from the gloom of scar house from the silent corners and creaking stairs and long-faced people keeping watch and howling every now and then also the sight of me again whom she looked upon as her chief protector and the general air of tidiness belonging to my dwelling these things called forth all at once the play and joyful spring of her nature but when she began to get tired of this and to long for a little coaxing even the stupidest gaffer could see that she was not the child she had been her little face seemed pinched and pale and prematurely grave and odd while in the grey eyes tears shone ready at any echo of thought to fall also her forehead broad and white which marked her so from common children looked as if too much of puzzling and of wondering had been done there even the gloss of her rich brown pall was faded with none to care for it while the dainty feet and hands so sensitive as to a speck of dirt were enough to bring the tears of pity into a careful mother's eyes gardy la ooky see hot disgust and naily palies and poor bardie nuffin to keen em with while i was setting this grief to rest for which she kissed me beautifully many thoughts came through my mind about this little creature she and i were of one accord upon so many important points and when she differed from me perhaps she was in the right almost which is a thing that i never knew happen in a whole village of grown-up people and by the time i had brushed her hair and tied up the bows of her frock afresh and when she began to dance again and to play every kind of trick with me i said to myself i must have this child whatever may come of it i will risk when the price of butcher's meat comes down this i said in real earnest but the price of butcher's meat went up and i never have known it come down again while i was thinking our bunny came in full of apples raw and roasted and of things the children said but at the very first sight of bardie everything else was gone from her 
all the other children were fit only to make dirt pies of this confirmed and held me steadfast in the opinions which i had formed without any female assistance in spite of all her own concerns of which she was full enough goodness knows bunny came up and pulled at her by reason of something down her back which wanted putting to rights a little a plait or a tuck or some manner of gear only i thought it a clever thing and the little one approved of it and then our bunny being in her best these children took notice of one another to settle which of them was nearer to the proper style of clothes and each admired the other for anything which she had not got herself come you baby chits said i being pleased at their womanly ways so early all of us want some food i think can we eat our dresses the children of course understood me not nevertheless what i said was sense and if to satisfy womankind for which i have deepest regard and respect i am forced to enter into questions higher than reason of men can climb of washing and ironing and quilling and goffering and setting up and styles of transparent reefing and all our other endeavours to fetch this child up to her station the best thing i can do will be to have mother jones in to write it for me if only she can be forced to spell however that is beyond all hope and even i find it hard sometimes to be sure of the royal manner only i go by the bible always for every word that i can find being taught ever since i could read it all that his majesty james one confirmed it now this is not all the thing which i wanted to put before you clearly because i grow like a tombstone often only fit to make you laugh when i stand on my right to be serious my great desire is to tell you what i did and how i did it as to the managing of these children even for a day or two so as to keep them from crying or scorching or spoiling their clothes or getting wet or having too much victuals or too little of course i consulted that good mother jones five or six times every day and she never was weary of giving advice though she said every time that it must be the last and a lucky thing it was for me in all this responsibility to have turned enough of money through skilful catch and sale of fish to allow of my staying at home a little and not only washing and mending of clothes but treating the whole of the household to the delicacies of the season however it is not my habit to think myself anything wonderful that i leave to the rest of the world and no doubt any good and clever man might have done a great part of what i did only if anything should befall us out of the reach of a sailor's skill and the depth of bunny's experience mother jones promised to come straight in the very moment i knocked at the wall and her husband slept with such musical sound that none could be lonely in any house near and so did all of her ten children who could crack a lollipop upon the whole we passed so smoothly over the first evening with the two children as hard at play as if they were paid fifty pounds for it that having some twenty-five shillings in hand after payment of all creditors and only ten weeks to my pension day with my boat unknown to anybody and a very good prospect of fish running up from the mumbles at the next full moon i set the little one on my lap 
after a good bout of laughing at her very queer ins and outs for all things seemed to be all alive with as well as to her will you stay with me my dear i said as bold as king george and the dragon would you like to live with old davy and bunny and have ever so many frocks washed soon as ever he can buy them for nothing satisfied her better than to see her own gown washed she laid her head on one side a little so that i felt it hot to my bosom being excused of my waistcoat and i knew that she had overworked herself ness she said after thinking a bit ness i live with a old davy till my dear mamma come for me does ye know old davy hot i thinks no my pretty i only know that you are always thinking and so she was no doubt of it i tell a old davy hot i thinks no i can tell a only something at me go for more pay with bunny no my dear just stop a minute bunny has got no breath left in her she is such a great fat bunny what you mean to say is that you don't know how papa and mamma could ever think of leaving you such a long long time away she shook her curly pate as if each frizzle were a puzzle and her sweet white forehead seemed a mainsail full of memory and then gay presence was in her eyes and all the play which i had stopped broke upon her mind again tinker tailor soldier sailor she began with her beautiful fingers crawling like white carnelian compasses up the well-made buttons of my new smock guernsey for though i had begged my hot waistcoat off i never was lax of dress in her presence as i would be in bunnies or in short with anybody except this little lady i myself taught her that tinker tailor and had a right to have it done to me and she finished it off with such emphasis upon button number seven which happened to be the last of them gentleman ploughboy fief looking straight into my eyes and both of us laughing at the fine idea that i could possibly be called a thief but fearing to grow perhaps foolish about her as she did these charming things to me i carried her up to bed with bunny and sung them both away to sleep with a melancholy dirge of sea into whatever state of life it may please god to call me though i fear there cannot be many more at this age of writing it always will be as it always has been my first principle and practice to do my very utmost which is far less than it was since the doctor stopped my hornpipes to be pleasant and good company and it is this leading motive which has kept me from describing as i might have done to make you tingle and be angry afterwards the state of scar house and of evan thomas and moxy his wife and all their friends about those five poor rabbiters also other darkish matters such as the plight of those obstinate black men when they came ashore at last three together and sometimes four as if they had fought in the water and after all what luck they had in obtaining proper obsequies inasmuch as by order of crowner bowls a great hole in the sand was dug in a little sheltered valley and kept open till it was fairly thought that the sea must have finished with them 
and then after being carefully searched for anything of value they were rolled in all together and kept down with stones like the parish mangle and covered with a handsome mound of sand and not only this but in spite of expense and the murmuring of the vestry a board well tarred to show their colour was set up in the midst of it and their number thirty-five chalked up and so they were stopped of their mischief a while after shamefully robbing their poor importer but if this was conducted handsomely how much more so were the funerals of the five young white men the sense of the neighbourhood and the stir and the presence of the coroner who stopped a whole week for sea air and freshness after seeing so many good things come in and perceiving so many ways home that night that he made up his mind to none of them also the feeling which no one expressed but all would have been disappointed of that honest black evan after knocking so many men down in both parishes and the extra parochial manner was designed by this downright blow from above to repent and to entertain every one and most of all the fact that five of a highly respectable family were to be buried at once to the saving of four future funerals all of which must have been fine ones these universal sympathies compelled the house and the people therein to exert themselves to the uttermost enough that it gave satisfaction not universal but general and even that last is a hard thing to do in such great outbursts of sympathy though moodland church is more handy for scar and the noble portreeve of kenfig stood upon his right to it still there were stronger reasons why old newton should have the preference and scar being outside either parish crowner bowles on receipt of a guinea swore down the portreeve to his very vamps for moxy thomas was a newton woman and loved every scrape of a shoe there and her uncle the clerk would have ended his days if the fees had gone over to kenfig our parson as well was a very fine man and a match for the whole of the service while the little fellow at moodland always coughed at a word of three syllables there was one woman in our village who was always right she had been disappointed three times over in her early and middle days and the effect of this on her character was so lasting and so wholesome that she never spoke without knowing something when from this capital female i heard that our churchyard had won the victory and when i foresaw the demented condition of glory impending upon our village not only from five magnificent palls each with its proper attendance of black and each with fine hymns and good howling but yet more than that from the hot strength of triumph achieved over vaunting kenfig then it came into my mind to steal away with bardie a stern and sad sacrifice of myself i assured myself that it was and would be for few even of our oldest men could enjoy a funeral more than i did with its sad reflections and junketings and i might have been head man of all that day entitled not only to drop the mould but to make the speech afterwards at the inn but i abandoned all these rights and braved once more the opinions of neighbours which any man may do once too 
often and when the advance of sound came towards us borne upon the western wind from the end of newton wane slowly hanging through the air as if the air loved death of man the solemn singing of the people who must go that way themselves and told it in their melody and when the clevis rock rung softly with the tolling bell as well as with the rolling dirges we slipped away at the back of it that is to say pretty bardie and i for bunny was purer of newton birth than to leave such a sight without tearing away and desiring some little to hear all about it i left her with three very good young women smelling strongly of southern wood who were beginning to weep already and promised to tell me the whole of it as we left this dismal business bardie danced along beside me like an ostrich feather blown at in among the sand-hills soon i got her where she could see nothing and the thatch of rushes deadened every pulse of the funeral bell and then a strange idea took me all things being strange just now that it might prove a rich wise thing to go for a quiet cruise with bardie in that boat and on the waves she might remember things recovered by the chance of semblance therefore knowing that all living creatures five miles either way of us were sure to be in newton churchyard nearly all the afternoon and then in the public-houses i scrupled not to launch my boat and go to sea with the little one for if we steered a proper course no funeral could see us and so i shipped her gingerly the glory of her mind was such that overboard she must have jumped except for my sunday necktie with a half-hitch knot around her and the more i rode the more she laughed and looked at the sun with her eyes screwed up and at the water with all wide open hair is a goin old davy she said slipping from under my sunday splice and coming to me wonderfully and laying her tiny hands on mine which beat me always as she had found out is a goin to my dear papa and mamma and ickle brother no my pretty you must wait for them to come we are going to catch some fish and salt them that they may keep with a very fine smell till your dear papa brings your mamma and all the family with him and then what a supper we will have illa she said and poor bardie too but the distance of the supper-time was a very sad disappointment to her and her bright eyes filled with haze and then she said ness very quietly because she was growing to understand that she could not have her own way now i lay on my oars and watched her carefully while she was shaking her head and wondering with her little white shoulders above the thwart and her innocent and intelligent eyes full of the spreading sky and sea it was not often one had the chance through the ever-flitting change to learn the calm and true expression of that poor young creature's face even now i could not tell except that her playful eyes were lonely and her tender lips were trembling and a heart full of simple love could find no outlet and lost itself these little things when thinking thus or having thought flow through them never ought to be disturbed because their brains are tender 
the unknown stream will soon run out and then they are fit again for play which is the proper work of man we open the world and we close the world with nothing more than this and while our manhood is too grand for a score and a half of years perhaps to take things but in earnest the justice of our birth is on us we are fortune's plaything End of chapter 17